Hello and welcome. You're streaming another stellar episode of Mac Watson Talks, voted by the readers of Phoenix Magazine for 2022 as the best podcast in the Valley, and I thank you for that. That's all because of you. Mm-hmm. On this episode, fentanyl is becoming a problem and now a problem for kids. Oh, boy. Why do some people have to pay back their unemployment benefits from the state of Arizona? And if you were caught on an inversion table the wrong way, what would you do to get out? All those stories and a lot more coming up, so let's get started. This is episode 214. Can you believe it? It's already September. I know. It's crazy. People are going to be breaking out pumpkin spice before you know it. Oh, I've already seen some pumpkin spice stuff around Ugh. around town, and I have not participated, thank goodness. Well, pumpkin spice is like the fake pumpkin. It's I like know. Funkin. It doesn't make sense. Who, it's fu- have funkin. some pumpkin. <laughs> have some fake pumpkin. Uh-huh. That's funny. Yeah. No, that's funny. I mean, funny. Like, no, not fake funny. That's funny, as in it is, it is funny. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, let's get into the news, Cricket. Uh, Arizonans owe nearly $70 million on past due utility bills. That's crazy. Arizonans who are customers of SRP and APS collectively owe about $70 million in past due residential utility bills. The last couple of years have been tough on everyone, and we definitely have had customers through the two years needing more help, says Kathleen Mascarenas. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, a spokesperson for SRP. According to company data, SRP customers' past due residential balances total around $13 million. In August 2021, past due bills reached $17.3 million. Prior to the pandemic, February 2020, past due balances for residential services topped $12.6 million. Still, even $12 million seems like a lot of money for people to be owing in in past utility bills it does and the thing is i think there are laws that say you can't turn off somebody's electricity especially in the summer in the summer i don't right. think you can right right and it, i know that's not true everywhere but that is true in our i think in arizona aps customers are even farther behind on utility bills 10 percent of aps's 1.2 million residential customers in arizona have passed due balances Total an estimating $56 million, according to Jessica Del Rincon, a spokesperson for APS. The average amount overdue is 470 bucks. Wow. Yeah. And I mean, we know because we've had, we had a couple of houses in, uh, in Arizona. I mean, those electric bills in the summer can get pretty darn expensive. They can, and I do think it's probably why there are a lot of people in, in Arizona that do the pay-as-you-go, we've talked about this before, where like they don't even, like the utility company has basically turned them off. Yeah, right. And then they have to do the pay-as-you-go, the or the or I think it's called prepay. Um, it's prepay a, it's, for the month? Yeah, it's a prepay um, service that, that allows them to um, have utility service. Right. But um, it's... But, I mean, that means there's a lot of people that aren't quite there yet to the place where they've been turned off and they have to prepay. Um, I mean, what is APS and SRP supposed to do? Well, I mean, there's only so much. that's why they these programs that are like yeah. prepaid phone cards that once you run out, it goes off and then you have to prepay to get it right. kind of going again. And I think legitimately that works for a, in a lot of, I, mean, I don't even know if it's a lot of demo, in a demographic maybe, but I, I do think like the first time I heard about it, I was like, what? I've never heard of that. I think it's called like, like 
LEHEAP or something, like Low Income Help? Low Income Home Energy Assistance Program. Yeah, something like that. LEHEAP or LEHEAP. And the first time I saw it, like you could refill it like it fries or something. And I was like, what does that even mean? Right. Yeah. Well, now we know in Arizona, assistance is available through the Arizona Department of Economic Security. According to state data, 32,000 households are receiving some type of energy assistance through a DES program, such as the federally funded Low Income Home Energy Assistance Program, or LAHEAP. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know what the solution is. Uh, energy is so expensive, so expensive. According to July Consumer Price Index, the cost of energy service is up almost 20% year over year. And so what Can happens you believe that? is they have all these past due bills is that they raise the they get permission from the Corporation Commission to raise the price of That's right. utilities for everyone else, and everyone else is basically paying for all these past due. And I don't know what the and what's what is it that the answer is? If we give them help through the government, then we pay for it in our taxes. I mean, I don't know what the right answer is. Yeah, I don't either. I don't either, really. But people need to be people need the air conditioning. We can't have all these people dead of heat prostration either. You know. Right, but I do think, you know, there's got to be a balance there somewhere. I mean... Somewhere. I don't know where it is, though. Like, I, I know that we kept our... We didn't keep our house, like, super-duper cold. Some people, like, you'd walk in their house, and I'd be like, this is ridiculous. You feel like you need a coat in their house. Yeah, that's true. We so, didn't We didn't do that. But we also were on a plan that we, we were charged the same amount every month, right, no matter which, what, how much we used. That sounds really hard for a lot of people to do that. Like, well, why would I pay 250 bucks in December when I only have to right. pay like, you know, 80 bucks? Well, the reason why is so you don't have to pay 500 bucks in the summer. That's right. You know? That's right. We amortized it over the course of a year. And that program really worked out for us, even though APS, but I still think, overcharged You me. have to qualify for it. You have. Yes, it, that's true. It requires a credit check and it requires, I mean, it's not, and you have to have a history of, of paying your utility bills. They don't right. offer it to you if you're a new sign up. That's true. Also in the news for the last couple of years, this is disturbing. People have heard about thousands of Arizonans being forced to pay back unemployment despite doing nothing wrong. After startling numbers revealed last month on the millions the state is seeking, an Arizona senator is getting involved in trying to help those who need it. Here's why what are, I think is why ridiculous. Why are people made to pay back something that they got already? I think that they should have to pay it back if there was any fraud committed. If they committed fraud and and lied on the you know weekly claims that you'd file online, then yeah, they should have to pay it back. But they're, they're also probably facing criminal charges at that point. If they are being asked to pay it back because D, because DES made a mistake, that's different in, in processing their claim. Then I don't think that should be on the person. And here's the other thing about it is some of the things that they were saying that people would have to pay back for had to do with if they if they chose the wrong answer on a pull down list that said, why, you know, why were you dismissed from work or, you know, like and you'd be like, I don't know. Or yeah. they said I was fine. And then then they're like, well, I guess I was dismissed because it, like, you know, like they don't really it's really confusing. It is really confusing to fill out yeah. the online form. I mean, just oh, as, I as confusing as it would be to fill out a regular form. And, and 
you know, you and I both, I, I, I got pandemic unemployment, but you got regular unemployment. But I had applied for unemployment before when I was fired from a job in 2016. And it was really confusing because you're like, what did I say last week? <laughs> you know, right. like, what if I say a different answer this week? Are they going to think I'm committing fraud? Because I can't remember what I answered. Because some of the questions or some of the answers are so similar. Like, you know, I was dismissed. You know, I was let go for no reason. I was let go because of reduction in workforce. I, you know, like I was let go because, you know, there was no work. Well, is that reduction in workforce? No work. Are those the same things? What did I choose last week? You know, like it, it was confusing. Right. I can't remember why I was let go. And so it, and so that's not true. The, and so the thing about it is, is that I think unless they committed fraud, I think it's ridiculous to make them repay it. An administrative overpayment is described as an unemployment insurance overpayment that is created without any fault on the part of the claimant. It was caused by a number of reasons, including departmental error, amended or delinquent wage reports from employers, a failure by the employer to submit requested or necessary information in a timely manner, the employer submitted inaccurate or incomplete information to the claimant or DES, a successful appeal that reversed the original determination and disqualified the claimant for all or part of the period in question, or the claimant gave an incorrect reason for separation because the employer did not give a reason for the separation to the claimant See, and, and that, the claimant has no basis to believe that the claimant was not laid off through no fault of the claimant. That, that's the part that's ridiculous is like... They didn't make any mistake. I mean, you can say they were mistaken at the time, but but they didn't do it at the time to commit fraud. And you gave them the money and they depended on it. And clearly they weren't applying for it, be, you know, because they were employed, because that would be fraud. Right. Right. <laughs> they were unemployed. I mean, they were unemployed and lots of unemployed people apply for unemployment and are denied. I was never, I never was given unemployment. There was all these reasons that we were given, including that the nonprofit that I work for had less than five employees in the state of Arizona. So because I was the only employee they had in Arizona, I didn't qualify for unemployment. I mean, that seemed like BS. Yeah, you were still employed by that by that employer. Right. And so it just seemed like, you know, there's like all of these reasons why people get denied all of the time. And it's not because you're committing fraud. Right. That's true. Like administrative overpayment, this can be caused by a number of reasons, non-fraud, including the claimant reported that he or she working during a week claimed, but unintentionally underreported the amount paid, or the claimant did not that's realize... Different. That, that's different. That's different. Yeah, right. Right. That's not but fraud, these other ones where it's but that's like, wrong. We made a mistake, or, you know, like... I just I think some of it's BS and and, and you know, I remember uh, this was a long time ago. One time my sister was paid child support and how it worked in the state where she lived is that child support all went through the clerk of court. So you wouldn't get paid. Your ex didn't pay you your child support directly. Your ex had to pay it to the court and then the court would issue a check to you. That way there was always an administrative record it meant less fighting in court later about whether somebody had written a check or given cash or whatever. And they had paid her for like three months in child support, which she relied upon. And then one day they called her up and said, hey, we shouldn't have been paying you that because your ex's wages weren't getting garnished like we thought. So you have to repay that. Oh, boy. <laughs> and I was like, did she repay hells it to the no? No, she told them she couldn't. She wouldn't. She didn't have the money. And she's like, I don't know what you like. It's not my fault. You did it. Debtor's prison. And, and so ultimately, in the end, though, because she went down 
down to like they have support enforcement child support enforcement offices here in the state of wyoming i don't know if they do that everywhere but she went down and they and talked to them and they ultimately just put that repayment claim on hold and in like six months later his tax return was garnished and it basically covered what they had paid out oh good okay so he ultimately paid right the way he should have but right but they had paid it out without actually having money coming in from his garnishment because he had had a garnishment but then he he is he lost his job or quit his job or whatever and they were still paying it even though the garnishment wasn't coming in like right. that's a system problem on their pro- fault not hers right and i feel like this is kind of one of those things where they're like well, we had a system problem now we want you to pay money back what i mean there was a, one of those people in that story would have owed like twenty five thousand dollars yeah i know that's crazy it is do you know how many people are actually affected by this this is a crazy number. Hundreds of thousands, maybe. 31,000 Arizonans were told That's to pay lot. back their funds specifically for 2021. That's ridiculous. That is ridiculous. Um, also in the news this week, uh, this is really scary. Border Patrol, Customs and Border Protection agents seized an estimated $4.3 million worth of fentanyl pills this week. The seizure happened in the Border Patrol's Tucson, Arizona sector near Gila Bend when agents conducted a vehicle stop on a white Chevy Equinox and observed several duffel bags in the car. Agents also uh, noticed that a female driver was noticeably nervous as she was questioned. Another female <laughs> in the like car... That's like me. Every time I get pulled over, I'm no- noticeably nervous. No- noticeably nervous? <laughs> I don't know if that's... I don't feel like that But you don't be... drive an Equinox. Yeah, and I don't... That, sometimes when they say stuff like that, I'm like, everybody's nervous when they get pulled over. Well, they must have really been really nervous, like sweating profusely, I guess, into their eyes, because another female was in the car. <laughs> Both were U.S. citizens, according to officials. CPB agents then searched the vehicle with her consent and found three bags that contained packages wrapped in black tape. That's a no-no, in addition to being coated in axle grease. Another no-no. So that's so the uh, dogs don't catch it, I guess, right? They don't sniff it out if it's got axle grease all right, over doesn't, it. Right, doesn't, I mean, like, you can coat anything you want in axle grease, just not illegal substances right. that you shouldn't be in possession of in the first place. It was later determined that the 340 packages of fentanyl pills weighed a total of 187 pounds, estimated to be worth $4.3 million, and could have killed 22 million people, I'm sorry, 42 million people what a drug bust. It, it That's in, amazing. Taken in an overdose. I mean, it's yeah. not like it's actually like cyanide pills or something that would kill people just if they took one. Right. They're talking about in an overdose. But, I mean, that is a lot of drugs. It's There's a lot of no people. There's no doubt that drugs are a huge problem in the in the Western United... I mean, in all of the United States, but it's different drugs in different parts of the United States. And, and you know, I think fentanyl has replaced methamphetamine as being kind of the bigger problem right now. I think so, too. Uh, also, speaking of uh, uh, fentanyl, police are now saying watch out because this is a scary new trend. As if fentanyl wasn't dangerous enough, now they're finding rainbow-colored fentanyl pills around the city, potentially making it more marketable for kids. They call them On the street, they're called Skittles. It's cheap, easy to obtain, and you don't need a lot of money, one police officer said. Kids with allowance money could buy the little pills. That's scary. That is scary. It comes in different colors meant to look just like candy. It goes by the name of Skittles on the street, like we said. But there's nothing sweet about these tiny, potentially lethal pills. Kids can see them and think they're just regular candy and pop them in their mouth, not knowing 
It's fentanyl. Although I don't think the problem is that people would that children will take them not knowing that it's not candy. It's that it's they're they're mar- it's like a marketing. It's like packaging it so it's easy to sell to kids with with a little bit of spending money. I just don't understand why anybody takes it. I really don't. I know it's a painkiller. I know it's an opioid. But the, the the chances of you ODing on it are so great, and so many people. You're, you've never chased a high though. That's you true. When you have You're a, right. addiction, is a totally different animal than what you can understand. And I think that again, that's the problem is that. What do we do to help people overcome their addictions? And it's not just throwing them in jail because all that does for a lot of addictions is give them time to dry out. We have to do something a little bit more proactive, kind of like what drug courts do, where we can follow people longer than a 30-day sort of treatment program. But it's hard. It's a hard decision because it is also very much based on poverty. It is very, the drug problem in America preys on poverty. It also preys on the privileged. And in the, like, you know, I think people who are privileged think it's okay if I get high because I, you know, I deserve this, you know? And I, like, I never met so many kids who smoked pot until I went to law school. And then all these kids with trust funds that smoked pot, they, they felt like they had the right to do it. And, you know, I'm not saying that pot is a gateway to other drugs, but I think you see it in higher end communities where the kids are doing it to chase a high and they have a lot of extra spending money. Yeah, that's true. It's not the middle class kids. It's it's poverty because it's just a poverty based uh, generational um, kind of dysfunction. And then it's also these kids in that are rich kids that are doing it right. because they have a lot of extra spending money. ABC 15 uh, did some reporting and said in 2017, the Phoenix Police Department worked uh, just 42 cases. But by 2021, that work, they were, they had 100 times that in just a couple of years. That's crazy. Yeah. Are you guys on track to see a record-breaking year when it comes to fentanyl? Uh, one officer said, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. They asked the Phoenix police how many rainbow fentanyl pills they've confiscated so far in the past month. While the majority of pills are still the blue variety, we're told police have still taken thousands of rainbow pills off the streets. That's scary. I think the key for parents particularly is that parents are the anti-drug. And that was, I mean, that was like a, like I think a Nancy Reagan sort of slogan in the 80s. But it, it is true. If your children feel like they can talk to you about stuff and if you talk to them about the hard stuff, even though they're like, ew, mom, gross, or I would never, you just keep talking to them about it anyway. And, and you always are offering them the option. You can always call me if you're in a situation. I won't be mad. If you call me and say, I need out, I, this is the problem, I, like, I won't question it. And then you have to stick to your guns and, and follow through on that and not be mad when they call you drunk from a party or maybe not drunk from a party, but all their friends are drunk. And you sort of like, you're grounded for the rest of your life for going to that party. Well, you just now, <laughs> you know, you just totally X'd out the, the idea of trust that they had when they called you when they were in a bad situation. Yeah. So parents are really the anti-drug in in all those situations where they can talk to their kids and let their kids know like you know if you're struggling there's other things you can do and you don't need to do what other kids are doing and you know uh, like our expectations like we won't be disappointed in you if you find yourself in a situation where their kids are doing that but what's disappointing is if you don't reach out and tell us And, and that's really the most important message probably for parents also in the news this week something that combines wyoming and arizona the death of Luke Bell, the country music star yeah, who grew sad. up in Cody. He grew up in Cody, Wyoming, graduated with the class of 2008 from Cody High School. He was found or he went missing in Tucson, Arizona, 
and he was found in Tucson, not far from where he disappeared, and in a matter we all feared he would be in when we first heard the news. Uh, confirmed by Saving Country Music through Luke Bell, though Luke uh, through Luke Bell, close friend and confident, and the guy who'd been caring for him for the last six years, Luke Bell, he announced, passed away at the age of 32. Care, like caring for him in how? Uh, just making sure he was on bipolar medication and oh, also I other medications as well. And like, he's sort of like a guardian or something. Yeah, yeah, sort of to make sure he he kept his nose clean, kind of thing. Wow. Well, yeah. that's sad to hear. It is sad. He was born in Lexing- Lexington, Kentucky, raised in Cody, Wyoming. He tried to go to college for a bit in Laramie, started playing in a band in a local bar, but it was a chance meeting with a singer-songwriter that opened up Luke's mind to an entirely different world he hadn't been exposed to previously. Mm-hmm. Pat pulled, and the guy's name is Pat Reedy, Pat pulled through in an 85 Datsun diesel pickup truck with a homeless painter and a half-wolf pup. It was just a picture of a different part of Earth, Luke said uh, in an interview. But it's just a shame that he basically died. Uh, we don't know how he died, whether it was an overdose, whether right. it was suicide. But but he died missing, and he disappeared nine days, and he was found nine days later. like he just died of some kind of natural causes. That's right. not what it sounds like from right. the report. So sad. That's Bad just story. that's just some of the news this week. Thanks, Cricket. Thank you, Mac. Mac Watson talks award-winning Best of the Valley 2022. Are you getting our bonus episodes, or are you just getting the episodes that you're listening to right now on your favorite podcast platforms? If you're not getting bonus material every week, you need to go to Patreon.com/slash Mac Watson Talks to get all the greatest latest on what's happening with the Watsons, our crazy childhood stories. You want to know what you're missing? Well, here's just a snippet. There's I no, have like two things of sugar no and that's No cream and it. sugar. Like, I don't understand the English who put cream and sugar in their teeth. Well, they put it in everything. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Well, their teeth show it too. Oh, oh wow. Oh. You went there. Oh, we just lost all of our UK listeners. Oh. Yeah. Want to hear the rest? Go to patreon.com slash Talks. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com. And for as little as $5 a month, you get a bonus episode every week. Plus, you can catch up on 70 bonus episodes over the last two years. So what are you waiting for? Go to patreon.com today. Time for the SmackDown, and this time I'm smacking down Dolly Parton. Now, don't get me wrong, everybody loves Dolly Parton, but this is one of the dumbest ideas I've ever heard of. Dolly Parton, who is beloved not just for her legendary country music, but for her compassion and generosity, has launched a pet clothing and accessories line that she says will help support a new animal rescue organization. The line, appropriately called Doggy Parton, features fringe-trimmed cowgirl dresses, rhinestone-bejeweled harnesses, gingham shirts and bandanas, concert t-shirts, toys, and even a blonde wig inspired by the singer. Puppy Love was my very first record, and six decades later, my love for pets is stronger than ever, she says. This inspired me to start my own line of doggy parton apparel, accessories, toys, and a whole lot more with a little dolly flair. Oh, that's great. Now, I know, I mean, I wish her well with it. I guess I do. And it's going to a good cause. It's going to Animal Rescue, an Animal Rescue Fund. But, I mean, doggy parton? 
You're really going to buy this? Well, you know what? There are people. There are people that are going to buy buy rhinestone harnesses and concert T-shirts and little blonde wigs for their dog because that's just the way they are. And that is the SmackDown. Time for the last word. An Ohio woman started recording her workout for social media because she was excited about a specific piece of equipment. But that changed when she got hung up on it, literally. Christine Folds used an inversion table at the Powerhouse Gym in Berea, Ohio, that's open 24 hours. The piece of workout equipment is designed to stretch your back. But Folds got more than she bargained for when she got stuck upside down. She says in the TikTok video of the incident, I'm stuck in this reverse, like, back decompressing thing. I think the thing went too far, and I'm just stuck upside down. I cannot give myself right side up. The only other person Folds knew was in the gym with her at 3 a.m. was in the lifting room, the weightlifting room, and couldn't hear her calling him for help. It just put so much pressure on my head, she says. She kept trying to free herself, but to no avail. Finally, after hanging there from five to six minutes, she did the only thing that she thought she could do, which was use her smartphone to call 911. In the video, you can see her saying, this is so embarrassing. Oh, dear Lord, my ankles are burning. An officer arrived at the gym only a few minutes later and flipped the inversion table and folds right side up. Easiest rescue ever, Folds joked in the video. The whole ordeal lasted about 12 minutes. Fold had a headache afterwards and felt a bit fuzzy, but she was able to take the incident in stride with her original plan of posting the video to TikTok. People are like, why would you post that? It's just so embarrassing. But I'm like, sometimes you just got to laugh at yourself and move on. Well, now that we know this story, we can certainly laugh, ha ha ha, and move on. Okay, until next time. Thank you for listening to Mac Watson Talks. This episode is copyrighted and may not be reproduced in whole or part without express written permission. Connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, or Patreon, and leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like what you hear, share us with your friends. We love new listeners. 